0: So she had to sign this like document saying I will not blame my mom, when <laughs> I'm like, you know, an adult for not forcing me to play piano.
1: I don't see a light out of the end of the tunnel of this getting any easier. Mm. You know, don't let something that you can't do hold you back from all of the other things that you can do. Hey, hey guys,
0: I'm Young, a full-time dad and a full-time professional with the goal to become the best parent possible. The Girl Dad Show is my journey interviewing fellow working parents aspiring to be both good at work and parenting. I'm going to do this by gathering and sharing unfiltered perspectives from my guests. So join me as I research parenthood one interview at a time. Jeremy, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining my podcast.
1: How's it going, Young? Thanks for having me,
0: I love that you get to be on this podcast during your escapades here. I know you're on a really big journey right now. I'd love to unpack that in just one second. But just so our listeners know who you are, uh, why don't you tell us uh, what you do for a living and and what you're working on right now?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a tough question. What I do for a living? It's the last like (laughs) the last like five years have been pretty crazy for me. Sold a company at the end of 2016. We were making countertops as a stone fabrication company, and since then I've kind of transitioned into real estate. So I started investing in multifamily real estate like apartment complexes and then by accident kind of came into a, a development deal with a colleague from EO Austin Entrepreneurs Organization which is a global organization of entrepreneurs but the Austin chapter met a friend there that was working on this RV resort slash glamping campground that we're now developing that and really have gotten super excited about being in this industry and building a brand around it and building a recognizable brand basically in in the industry and providing a service and a product that really doesn't exist yet.
0: Yeah, you're you're definitely underselling what you're working on quite a bit here and I I got <laughs> to I got to probe a little bit deeper so everyone understands how cool you are and what what you're actually building here. And this is actually how we met, right? We met at your new RV glamping park that you're building. It's like 30 acres on top of a hill with a beautiful view here, just in Liberty Hill down the street. And the scope of the project is pretty massive. It, it's pretty massive deal, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're going for it. You're, you're going for the full Monty here with this deal.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely the biggest project I've ever worked on. And, and like you said, I mean, the property is amazing. I mean, I think it's probably the best slice of real estate in Liberty Hill. It's a beautiful cliff view, river view on a cliff so hill country views um yeah then the scope of the project you know in total including the price of the land you know we're looking at about a 20 million dollar build out so definitely the biggest project i've ever worked on and super exciting i mean amenities are going to be you know we're going to have a a cool like great lodge that'll be kind of the epicenter of the property that that we want people to just kind of conglomerate around and hang out and kind of like a beer garden or like wine yard type atmosphere you know with games and stuff like that we'll have an amphitheater for screening movies or bands to play and just all kinds of we're probably gonna do pickleball because that's the new rage these days never even heard of it um, so we'll have <laughs> no, no what is it? it's uh it, so it's it's played on like a smaller tennis court so it's kind of like a combination of, I guess, like ping pong and tennis. Nice.
0: Let's go play. I still got to go into the uh, the part of the river that your property lines up into still. We got to plan that out. But when you get back from your trip. Yeah. And you're going to also do a huge restaurant and kind of looking over the over the view too, right?
1: TBD on the restaurant. We want to have some sort of a food and beverage option we would love to be able to do like a, a a restaurant that we could open up to the public and have people come out there as well as in addition to the people that are staying there the issue we're running into is just we don't have enough property to do that to for the parking so you know we're trying to maximize land use as much as we can and you know focus on people who are staying there as much as possible so it's you know, we got to cut corners somewhere, got to make sacrifices somewhere. So we'll have some sort of food and beverage option. But if it's going to be a full on restaurant, it's just not sure yet. It's
0: it's either ways, it's still going to be amazing. I mean, the property is just incredible. I love how it's like, on top of this hill, and you can overlook all of Liberty Hill and beyond. And then I love how it kind of like goes down that ravine and like nests right up against the river. Oh, my gosh, and that little dam that blocks the little watering hole. It's it's perfect. I mean, it's just like, I can already see all these people just enjoying that piece of land so much and it being like a destination, you know, you're going to put Liberty Hill yeah. on the map
1: with this, 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 this business. <laughs> and
0: yeah, just so everyone knows what to expect as you start building this out, what's the name of the name of the park?
1: So that's also something we haven't even officially released. We did come up with a new name. Whenever we purchased the property, we originally were calling it Blue Hole. And it's because of that swimming hole in the property. It's, you know, it was just known around town. It's called Blue Hole. So we started calling it that with the intention of possibly using that name and calling it Blue Hole RV Resort. But, you know, we, we hired a very intelligent marketing and branding company that's been walking us through all kinds of cool stuff. And they really have dissuaded us from using that name because there's also a blue hole in Georgetown. And then there's also the blue hole in Wimberley. And both of those are larger and have a bigger footprint online and that sort of stuff. So to kind of make us a little more unique, we came up with a new name, which you know, we haven't even released to our investors yet. Yeah, yeah, so I'm yeah, reluctant to say what it is.
0: <laughs> this is about parenting. So feel free to hold your business secrets to yourself <laughs> for now. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But we are really excited about, about the name and the brand that we're building. And maybe next time we talk, I'll... Uh, when you're
0: ready to share it, I'm happy to be your vehicle for announcing things if you want with my, you know, small following that I'm building as of right now. <laughs> but I am really interested about hearing what you do and what you work on because I love the way that you're navigating your professional career. Because uh, you're, you're also a father, right?
1: Yep. Uh, we have a 16-month-old little girl. And she's just freaking amazing. She is so fun.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And I love that you have a um, a kid and you're like, you're, you're building out this real estate business and you have all sorts of different ways of like, like making money work for you. And you've really switched gears from having a service based cabinetry business
1: to really like full on in the deep end on real estate, right? It's been a pretty big transition, definitely in how my days are run, you know, and how I spend my time. I'm trying to be certainly a lot more intentional of, of how I spend my time, which has you know, pluses and, and minuses, right? I think I'm probably less productive from like a daily standpoint, feeling like I got a whole lot of stuff done, but I think I'm getting the bigger things done better.
0: Yeah. I'm like, when I first met you, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy has, is working on the coolest project I've ever heard of. And we were like touring your 30 acres on your little like a souped up golf cart. I remember that thing that was like it looked like it was ready for like a war. It
1: was awesome. Oh yeah, and, uh, we put you to work changing uh, the. Flat that's right. That's it. right.
0: And I even offered my services. I was like, I want to work for you. I want to work here. This is so cool. And I was like, I'll sweep. I'll, I'll make a mean coffee. And you said no. You said no. <laughs> I don't think I said no. Yeah, I don't think you said no either. You just said we'll think about it. Very good. So. I just, I also think it's really important to talk about like how you are currently working, but you're also traveling, right? Like you're doing something really unique. I know you mentioned, I can't remember exactly what sparked it, but I talked to you, we're starting to talk about real estate and kind of getting into the mechanics of it. Where like you we're like, you're kind of mentoring me and teaching me. And then you're like, Hey, I'm just going to be out of pocket for, I think you said like almost a year or was that like six months? I can't remember exactly what you're doing here, but you're not in Liberty Hill right now.
1: Not in Liberty Hill. We're not in Texas anymore. Although we haven't made it far yet, so we're starting a, an RV journey that really has no time end. So we, you know, we put our, we put our house on the market to lease. So we have some renters in our house. They have a year lease, so there is you know a potential stop point after a year. But my wife and I have kind of chatted of like, you know, we'll live the RV lifestyle until it no longer suits us. You know, we're not necessarily going to be out of pocket, but we'll certainly be a little less available and are a little less connected but we've only made it to louisiana so far so i grew up in south louisiana and lafayette and that's where we are now we're actually in my in my parents house and right now i'm crammed in my dad's like little workshop to try to get a quiet space with (laughs) internet to do this interview but we'll be here probably another couple weeks we're getting some stuff tidied up on the rv before we officially you know head out and that's been a whole adventure in and of itself, just getting the RV ready. But like anything in life
0: and in, in business, I think that it's always riddled with things that go wrong, right? It's like Murphy's law, right? You, you you just have to expect that a certain percentage of things won't go to plan. And I think that's part of the journey and, yep. and part of those people that, that they're able to navigate it and still make it happen, right? You don't get deterred by it.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, you know, it's making the most of everything, right? It's like, yeah, we've been in my parents' house for you know over a month. I'm nearly 40 years old. The last thing I wanted to do was have a baby and move in with my parents, but that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> and but you know, it's also I I just know you know in 20 or 30 or 40 years when we're looking back, like these are this is going to be a moment that we'll be like, you know, that was kind of cool. We got to spend a month with my parents. They got to hang out with Ellery. It's a time that they just wouldn't have gotten with that's her. That's right. So, you know, there's certainly some some silver lining to the fact that, you know, we're quote unquote stranded.
0: No, it's awesome. I think it's great. I mean, what's better than grandparents, right? I mean, kids cherish those memories. My, my grandparents, oh, my grandparents, sorry, my parents are super remiss right now because we decided to move to Texas and we have no family here. We just did it because really just economics mostly <laughs> and coming from yeah. California, but yeah, they miss our, they miss their grandkids a lot. And, and like, when you talk to my kids about their grandparents, you know, they miss them a lot as well. And so that time is super valuable. I think it's like, you know, I, when I think about when I was a kid growing up, my grandparents spoiled me rotten, you know, and it was just like, they were like so much cooler (laughs) than my parents. Right. So it's like, it's going to be a great experience. for (laughs) Right. That being said, let's talk about your childhood. If you don't mind, I feel like so much of parenting has to do a lot to do with how you were brought up in my opinion. And it'd be really great to hear what your childhood was like.
1: It was perfect. Like it was, I was blessed. Uh, you know, I'm youngest of three kids. I have two older sisters. And I mean, I think the, the biggest thing that, you know, thinking back, like I just always felt encouraged. Like I never felt like I was stifled in my creativity or that I couldn't do something. And I don't mean from like a material standpoint or like a, I want to go play with my friends. It was more of like you can achieve anything kind of encouragement. And it was, it, you know, it's not like moment specific moments that I remember. I just always remember having that confidence and backed up by my parents of like I can do whatever I put my mind to it. And, you know, I think that's something I, I really, you know, or I guess that lesson I really want to try to instill in my kids, you know, or, or you know, that's what I bring as like a top priority as my new job as a parent is to kind of try to instill that abundance mindset that anything is possible with a little hard work and dedication. How do you think they did that? You know, I think by focusing on the positive things instead of trying to like correct and read like redirecting instead of stopping, you know, and I guess a good example would be. You know, like a hot stove or maybe a hot stove is not a bad one because that's like a danger thing. But, you know, if the kid's like digging in something you don't want them to dig in instead of being like, hey, don't do that. I think it's little things of, hey, did you see this over here that could be fun to play with? You know, kind of try to avoiding the no and avoiding like stopping a kid in their tracks. I think it was little things like that or even, you know, whenever I'm older and in school or having frustrations with It's homework or sports. I think it was always like focusing on the things that I did really well and really encouraging me down a path that they could see that I was enjoying as opposed to, you know, beating myself up over something that I either didn't enjoy or wasn't getting energy from.
0: Oh, wow. From early on, like even when you're in your teens, they were like encouraging you to double down on your strengths. Versus like work on your weaknesses?
1: Yeah. You know, if I made a commitment to something, there was certainly like the encouragement of you need to follow that through, even though if you don't like doing this, you know, you made a commitment and you need to stand up to that commitment. But I think they were very good at focusing on the strengths and not necessarily ignoring weaknesses, but really trying to put the attention on the strengths of like, you know, don't let something that you can't do hold you back from all of the other things that you can do.
0: I love that. Yeah. I was just talking to Mike. My siblings about this the other day. We we did a we did like a little video, not a montage, but like a video diary to our father. And we're all I asked them all my siblings to answer two questions, you know, like, what do you appreciate most about dad? And what was the biggest lesson? And it was really fun because as we were going through this, I was like my answer was that it was like this idea of perseverance and anything was possible. Right. And that's what I said I appreciated the most about them. And it's like, when I was thinking about it and going like, how am I going to teach that to my kid? I actually didn't know how to put my thumb on it. I'm like, how am I going to teach my kids <laughs> how to have that, right? And so it's like really interesting to hear your thoughts. And like, maybe it's the behaviors of like encouraging, you know, um, alternate routes or like, hey, if you can't solve it that way, let's solve it this way. Or like teaching them kind of like redirection or pivoting or uh, another try in a different, different model or different optimization. So that's a really interesting way of doing that. Cause I was kind of in a conundrum this, cause this was just the other day where we it's like doing this father's day video. And I'm like, I actually appreciate him a lot for that, but I have no idea how I'm going to replicate it. And I have no <laughs> idea how he made me appreciate him for that. So I, I thank you for sharing me your, one of your tactics for, for doing that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, and you saying that actually it makes me think of probably the, a big lesson that I learned from my dad wasn't even, you know, what I was saying just now of how I could see him trying to encourage me. I think it was more just watching him, right? It's like the do as I do as I say, not as I do is not a very good way to teach anybody yeah. anything because especially with kids, I think kids are always That's watching. Right. But it's like, I, I saw my dad just, I mean, working his ass off. Yeah. You know, I mean, as a kid, like he was working on an MBA. He always had a side gig at work. And eventually, you know, he was offered, I was probably 12 years old and he was offered to transfer. Um, again, we were in South Louisiana, His company was moving from South Louisiana to Houston. It's an oil company. He was offered a great package to transfer. And, you know, he turned it down to go on his own and do his own thing. And just watching him go through those steps and then seeing his level of both financial success and happiness after, you know, going out on his own and really following his heart, I think it's those types of things that probably taught me more lessons than, you know, anything that he specifically said to me. It was more of like just observing what he was doing.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, you have to role model the behavior that you want. I mean, I, I've been learning a lot about that as well, too. And it's like the constant theme that comes up as I do more and more of these interviews. It's like, you have to, like, think about things in the sense of, like, nature and nurture, right? Like, certain things, like, you're going to, like, impart just by being, you know? And 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 you're right. These kids are sponges. I mean, my, yeah, my kids pick up the most random phrases and words. And I'm like, where would they learn that? But, like, they're saying it because we're <laughs> right. saying it, right? I can't remember yeah. something. I don't know what she said. Oh, I, there was a bad word that she said. She, I think she learned the word "shit" and like she. And then we giggled because it was so funny the first time Lily said it. And because she got a right. response from us, she made a whole song out of it, saying
1: "shit." shit, shit. Oh yeah, it was like yeah. the funniest <laughs> thing
0: ever, and it's like so hilarious. But it goes back to the whole idea that they're they're listening and they're watching everything that we're doing. And then it goes back to the same adage of like actions always speak louder than words. And over time, yeah. you know, there's certain things that you can coach and teach, and like. I groom them for, but there's always going to be the things that are just soaked in through just watching you and, and role modeling that behavior, and, and they're basically picking up the world from you. Is this kind of like RV trip while you're embarking on this massive business journey? Like, is this planned? Is this because of your kid, or is this kind of like a, a personal thing? Like, what 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 started that? Because I, I feel like I feel like this blue hole. I'm going to put quotes on it because uh, I know you're going to rename it here. But Blue Hole Liberty Hill is a pretty massive undertaking and it's an undertaking you've never done before. So first and foremost, kudos to you for having the gumption and the courageousness to take that leap of faith, you know, put together a twenty million dollar project, buy thirty acres, and have the quite frankly, the audacity to build out, you know, a premium glamping business in a random town called Liberty Hill, Texas. I love it. I mean, the whole concept just (laughs) blows my mind. I love you so much for even like being that courageous and just so entrepreneurial. But I get really like confounded when I think about you just like going and now I'm going to go on a one year RV trip with my family and do this (laughs) while I'm traveling different places. And what sparked that?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I, I appreciate your kind words. It's inspiring to hear and motivating for sure. So I guess it's a combination of a, a lot of stars aligning. For one, you know, I, I think it was, it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. It's been on my bucket list of, you know, taking an R, a US RV trip for a long time. I mean, something that even before my wife and I were married, I let her know that this is in our future. <laughs> like I want to do this. And then I think like, getting into the rv industry again by accident was just kind of it was a kick in the butt of like man if i'm starting this business like what better way to understand the mindset of our consumer than to really live that life so that was another piece of encouragement i love that third was you know the, the age of my daughter you know is She's not yet in school. You know, she has friends from like, you know, daycare type stuff. But, you know, we're not ripping her away from, you know, education that or her friends that she's kind of built routines. So she's at an age where we felt like it's a pretty decent age. Like, you know, it'll be difficult on us because we're going to not have any sort of childcare help. But I think it'll it's a good age for her to do it in that, you know, I don't feel like she's missing out on, you know, a quote unquote normal life that she would have had. You know, another thing is, you know, I'm just, I'm very lucky with my partners. And, you know, some of that was being very clear with, you know, the duties and obligations that I would take on as part of this project, but also just finding a partner who enjoys the aspects of the business that like need to be done, you know, boots on the ground. Um, so a lot of what I'm doing doesn't necessarily need me to be there. It would certainly be You know, I'd probably add more value if I was able to go there every day. And I think in the long run, you know, I I will spend more time there and more time at all of our facilities. But it's kind of a I think it's an investment in our business as a whole of getting to do this and really stepping into the the shoes of our customer. And then the last thing was, you know, one of my you know, again I said the last five years have been pretty different for me. Like I would say my I wouldn't say my personality has changed since I sold my company, but it's certainly shifted and my priorities have become much more intentional. And like now I have you know, mission and personal mottos and stuff like that. And one of my mottos is live right now. And cause I've been, you know, good at delaying gratification in, in my life. And I think that led to, you know, the small amount of success I've had is, you know, I would save a ton of money and always focus on you know where I'm going, but then I was not good at celebrating little wins and, know enjoying the process as much as i could have so i'm really trying to live now and it's still a balance right i'm not going to go blow all the money i have and you know party it up and then you know start all over but i am trying to be more intentional with like this is something i wanted to do the stars seem to be aligned that this is a good time to do it there will never be a perfect time to do it and i have a great supportive wife who this is pretty far outside (laughs) of her comfort zone but that's that's all for it so couldn't say no that's amazing man
0: I love it and I love that motto is that something that you came up with after you sold your business or is that something that you came up with as you start to near the your 40 years old
1: combination of both yeah. I guess just kind of the inner search that I was doing after I started my business and was just kind uh, sold my business and was trying to figure out the next step and you know how I wanted to spend my time really your cabinetry
0: business was successful right I mean obviously you were able to create a fairly sizable outcome for that uh why did you sell it what prompted that
1: yeah so it was uh countertops so we're making countertops for newly mostly newly built homes around the austin area so i mean i think i sold it you know i I asked myself this question a lot because that business is doing really really well now I, i did not have the brain capacity at the time to bring that business to the level that i wanted to Mm. bring it to and i didn't have the network of people in that i have now to help me along the way you know like i mentioned before you know my dad was you know he did his own thing and he ran his own businesses you know for i don't know two decades now i guess but his level of expertise got me kind of he was my mentor Mm -hmm. i mean he was basically a full-time free employee for that company, you know, working remotely. And so it was like, he was my sounding board for everything, but his level of expertise was kind of also outsized with that business. You know, we had 25 employees at our largest, you know, I had managed more than that at a previous job. My dad had managed employees, but not that many. And also it was a different type of employee and he had never really scaled a business to, you know, instill systems and processes. The stuff he did he did was, you know, on his own, he would have my sister was working with him, helping him. So I think I just got stressed out and you know, I had grown the company over 3x in less than 4 years in every almost facet you can think of, revenue, profit, number of employees, putting in new technology. And so I had made a lot of headway and it was like You know, I felt like man, I've just been sprinting for almost four years now and I I don't see a light out of the end of the tunnel of this getting any easier Mm. and was just like, Let me see, you know, I I added a tremendous amount of value and it was like, you know, let me just see what I can get for it. And I approached a business broker, actually the one that I bought it from, and he, he valued the business before I gave him any sort of inclination of what I wanted for it. And he gave me a number that higher than I would have like, than I was thinking in my head. So I was like, you know what, let's just go ahead and do it. And I'll figure out something to do after.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So a certain point came where it just didn't make sense for the time that it was going to take you to keep scaling it or even to operate it because of your self-awareness around skill set.
1: Yeah, I think it was, it was probably more just the stress load of like, I knew where I wanted to go. I knew the structure I wanted to build, but I, I didn't at the time have the network or the knowledge to do it. And I didn't even feel like I had the time to like back out of the business to like go find those people or like read books or anything. It's like I just felt so in the weeds in that company. And ironically, you know, I ended up joining the entrepreneurs organization like two months or something before I sold the company. And that has now been. I mean, the most valuable, it was the most valuable organization I've ever joined. Had I joined it a year before, would I have sold the company? I mean, I don't know. You know, that's a tough question. But the resources to build the structure that I wanted were certainly available within that organization.
0: Totally, totally. Because then you got the mentorship and the network, right, that you were mentioning where you could pull from that network of people that have done that. Could have been a sounding board. Yeah. Isn't that always the case, right? Yeah.
1: Right. Right. And, and there's, there's so much value in just like talking to another entrepreneur or business owner about like successes and struggles that, you know, my, I didn't, I didn't really have that many entrepreneur friends, you know, so I, whenever I would talk to friends about their jobs, it's like, you know, you can certainly try to find some common ground with people, but it's different. And it's just like a different level of aha that you get when somebody is also doing, taking the similar risks or having the same rewards, and just understands the the struggle that you live yeah, with. That
0: hits me right here, like right in my heart. Like,
1: <laughs> I, yeah, there's like I talk to my wife about this all the time
0: about like you know, you know, very vulnerably, like that I feel very lonely sometimes, you know, because I don't feel like it's as mm-hmm. often that I get to meet someone that actually like. Connects, you know, it's, it's much rare. Let's just say that it's a lot rare to find someone that you feel like, oh, cool, I can just like talk, you know, and just be myself and just share stories and it's okay. And like we can like unpack knowledge together and unpack stories. It, it, that connection is very uh, far and few between. You get used to it, right? But it is a really lovely journey. <laughs> it can be anyways, <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you yeah. looking for your kid to be an entrepreneur?
1: I'm trying my best to have zero expectations Nice. Far. You know, I, I, I want. Ultimately, her to find joy and peace and contentment, and whenever she does, do I think it'd be cool? Of course, I mean, because you know that's a skill set I feel like I could help her with, right? Like that's an area I know a lot about. So I, I would personally probably feel valuable if she wanted to do that. But if it's not something she wants to do, I mean, I will try my hardest to encourage her in the paths that she wants to go.
0: I love that you're uh, so open and thoughtful about it sounds like you're very (laughs) self-aware sounds like you do a lot of introspection because my wife had to check me i mean i was like basically forcing my kids to be musicians because i desperately want them to be musicians (laughs) and she had to like check me to say like hey like we should also like you know figure out if they're actually interested in this and like let them kind of grow into it and give them options and i'm like no we need to have them play music and sing songs with me we need to be a youtube sensation A dad and two daughters singing (laughs) songs on YouTube. It's going to be amazing. No, I just have, like, this personal desire, like, this goal for them to play music with me, right? Like, I just, like, I can envision it. Like, Christmas is, like, 10, 15 years from now we're all just gathered around the piano or guitar, like, all playing music, and everyone plays an instrument or multiples. I don't know. It's just, like, this thing that I want, you know? It's, like...
1: It would be really cool. It would be really cool. (laughs) I'd be
0: so happy. But, like, the problem is, like, I catch myself all the time, like, forcing it on them, you know? And, like it's like, I don't know. And in some ways it's okay. Right. Because if that's part of like who you are as a family, then that's just like matter of fact. And some of that comes from nature and some of that comes from nurture and all that good stuff. But it's really interesting that you kind of take that take of like, Hey, like actively trying to hold back on it. Cause my wife is actively doing that as well too. She's like, Hey, let's actively try to figure out who they are and like what they, what they're interested in. And I'm a little more dominant yeah. than that. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I don't think any school of thought is right or wrong. Right. But I, I believe choosing one is probably a better route than not choosing one. You know, and, and I think of like Tiger Woods is a great example of like, he was basically his father's vision, right? Like, and his father just executed this vision and it turned out well in a lot of ways, but not so well in a lot of ways, right? Like, you know, I don't know Tiger Woods personally, but from what you can tell from the outside, there's certainly some personal struggle there. But, like, he's also achieved just, you know, insane things that the a human body can do, right? And then, you know, the other aspect of it is, like, you know, I had, like, a aha moment a few years ago with my brother-in-law. You know, he's a musician, actually, and he's, he's really good. But, you know, never really made, like, a career of it and probably could have and probably would have really enjoyed that. And he made a comment about like, yeah, you know, growing up, I was always encouraged like to play football and to play sports. And it's like, I really wish like, you know, but because his family wasn't really like encouraging to do music, he found it on his own and kind of pursued it. And it was kind of like, hey, stop playing your guitar. Let's, You know, you should be at football practice. He was like, I really wish my parents would have like encouraged me to do music stuff mm. and like skip the football altogether. And so it's it, it just made me think of, man, it's, it's just interesting how we can influence our kids and... You know, he he had fun playing football and has friends from football, but like he really wished he'd have been pursuing music and how would his life be different? I mean, who knows? But I just, I would like to look at, I would like Ellery to be able to feel like she's the one in the driver's seat of like, Hey, this is really fun. And I want to spend my extracurricular time doing this. And then we let her do that as opposed to, no, I really think you should go and play sports or whatever it is, because it's something I want you to do.
0: No, it's, it's really, really important. It's a funny story because I never even thought about it until you just said it, but I remember actually in like middle school, early high school, my mom had us all in piano lessons, and all the kids got together and we were like, We don't want to take piano lessons anymore, and she just was like, <laughs> <laughs> like we, cre- we created this like like this pitch and the sales pitch. it was amazing, right? We we're like very organized kids
1: interesting- yeah totally,
0: <laughs> and my mom basically said to us when you're like 30 or 40 years old and you have kids and you know, you're going to regret that you, didn't, you don't know how to play the piano. And uh, we're like, we won't regret it. You know, we're telling you we won't. So she had to sign this like document saying, <laughs> I will not blame my mom when I'm like, you know, an adult for not forcing me to play piano. And we all signed it. Right. And so we all signed this contract with her and we all stopped playing piano. Uh, but it's really interesting because like three to six months later, I actually went back to my mom and said, mom, actually, like, I, I kind of want to learn piano. And she's like, is that okay? I know I told you I signed it saying I don't want to learn piano. But now I like now that I don't have to, like I want to. And it's so yeah. interesting, because that's actually what sparked my love for, for music. And that's when I started learning piano and the other instruments, you know, and like just started kind of exploring music as like more of a passion. But it was because it was my choice, maybe. And now that I think about what you just said, in hindsight, that story comes up in this, it's kind of humorous to think about, a, you know, my mom making a sign of contract, but yeah, it's like, it's like she gave me the choice accidentally or intentionally, who knows how smart she was or, you know, if that was just her protecting herself, who knows, but, um, right. <laughs> but it ended up, ended up that I ended up wanting to learn piano. And so she ended up spending a ton of different, <laughs> different, like, uh, amount of time and money, like getting me lessons and all these different instruments that I wanted to learn and, and sparked an interest in all through high school. Yeah. And I isn't that That's weird? Really cool. Like, just think about that, right? Like yeah. she almost reversed psychology. Yeah. Psychology me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I love it. I love that you're doing that, man. I think that's really clever. And I think that that's really sage of you to um, be open-ended about it. But I also like that you qualified it by saying having something is better than nothing, too. So you said that earlier, right? Where you said if you are going to say, like, you know, being open-ended is great. But also, like, making sure that you have something versus nothing. Am I putting words in your mouth now? Or is that not what you said?
1: Well, I guess I'm not following the something versus nothing or what you're referring to. Oh, I thought that's what you said. But I could have been wrong. (laughs) I think maybe you're referring to like the, the school of thought, like deciding on a school of thought, whether it's, Oh, maybe you know, that's what it was. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's maybe what you're referring back to, which, yeah.
0: Got it. Okay, cool. Well, that's great, man. I appreciate you sharing that. What do you think that success looks like for you as, as a career and as a, as an entrepreneur and as a dad, as a new dad, actually a year and a half in.
1: I mean, from career standpoint, you know, it actually kind of what you just said of, you know, you wanted to play piano and the energy that you bring to doing that when you want to do something is just so much different, you know? And so I think success to me in business is being at a point where I'm doing it because I want to, not because I have to, mm. you know, and I'm not backed into a corner. I'm not like, you know, trying to meet certain financial needs that I have to make, make X amount of dollars per year. You know, so I think getting to that point of Truly wanting it, I think is is how I view you know success in business. So it's not you know it's necessarily quantifiable. It's more of like the what am I doing with my life? Question more so than you know you need to hit these metrics. It's really a feeling. The second part of your question about parenting, you know, I I'm going to rip this off from a an interview that I heard, and I think we're trying to get better at like citing things that I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Jesse. Itzinger, the NetJets guy, Mm. I think it was an interview with him that he was basically asked a similar question of like, what is success? And you know, his answer was, you know, a crowded table in my seventies and eighties. And like I thought that was just it blew my mind. I was like, man, that is exactly what I'm working for. You know, that's exactly what I want with, you know, raising kids is I want them to come back home, right? Like if it's Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever the reason is like, they want to bring their spouse and their kids and they want to come home and they want to sit around the dinner table because they just want to be around us. You know, to me, like that, that is the ultimate like parenting success—is the kids or your kids wanting to bring your, their families back home. That's
0: awesome. That is really beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. We'll have to find out where that quote is and who said it and where it came from, because we should definitely put that in the, in the notes so i'll I'll find I'll find out for you so we can make sure we're citing that correctly but that is beautiful man that is a really great way of qualifying success cuz i think it's like so funny about like you know like how we are in, in our careers right now you know like just go 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 what's next you know how to make more money and and then like you talk to like you know seasoned people or like older people and you know not a single one of them says oh i wish i worked harder right they always say like you know i wish i spent more time with my family and friends or I wish I spent more time with right. myself. And it's like, yeah. And then those are the years that you're going to be like, really like living, living, right? Because you're not living to work and all those other things. And so it's kind of like, what's the point of all, all of it? And having people around you is probably a really great way of qualifying that. I love that. Hey, yep. Jeremy, I'm going to move this right into my rapid fire questions, if you don't mind. This has been really uh, good, all but right, I, I, I definitely will be cognizant of your time. I know that you are uh, busy man and, and doing great things. So. I'm going to keep keep my promise on timeliness here and fire off my rapid fire questions. So I basically like to ask every guest four questions. So there's some symmetry to the conversations and everyone gets a little flavor of you that's uniform to everybody else. You ready for them? Okay.
1: Let's do it. What
0: advice do you have for other parents and soon-to-be parents? Oh, man.
1: The advice. I, I have such a tough relationship with the word advice because... You know, I think everyone's situation is, is I just think everybody's situation is so unique Mm. that some things that work for some people are just absolutely asinine for others. But, but I understand where you're coming from and I understand the point of this. Uh, So, you know, if pressed, I guess like what's worked well so far, and I'm still a new parent, but for my wife and I, I feel like what's worked well so far is trying to match the level of curiosity and excitement that Ellery has for the world, you know, trying to like view the world from her perspective. And it helps me in like, especially situations of say, like, we're in a rush to get out the door, we're trying to get in the car or something. And, you know, Ellery is like picking flowers or following a butterfly. It's like, that's pretty magical. I probably should not interrupt that, (laughs) you know? And so it helps me to, to not get frustrated when it's like, she's not doing something that I want her to do. So I guess, you know, if it were put in terms of advice of like, they yeah, just try to view the world from this curious child that is experiencing most things for the first time.
0: I love that. Get to their level, you know, get to their level and like really yeah. like be, be present. That's great, man. If you can go back and tell yourself one thing before having kids, what would it be?
1: I love how it's happened. So it's hard. Cause like, I think it, it's just, yeah, it's perfect. And I, I love how everything happened, but I guess I would go and tell my younger self Started a decade earlier, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like I'm 38 now. It would be it would be nice to be 28 and have a toddler, not 38 and have a toddler. Yeah.
0: No, totally. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't have kids when I. I mean, if you told me kids when I was 28, you would have you couldn't have seen the back of me because I ran so fast, right? Like,
1: there's right. no way. Same. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. Same. And and you know, I didn't even know my wife when I was <laughs> there. You so go. Was like it's a completely different scenario but if if there was one little thing that I could keep everything else the same and tweak that's probably what it would be
0: I feel you on that one I just feel like it's so physically demanding and you want to be able to like keep up and yeah and cause sort of start sooner yeah that's a good one
1: and then I think future too right whenever she's 30 and 40 and 50 it's like I, I want to be around you know I want to I want to see her in those years too
0: we got to stay healthy my friend yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the most surprising thing that you learned about yourself becoming a parent?
1: <laughs> that I am absolutely not in charge. Like it's, you know, I'm, if there's any area of tension in my wife and I's marriage, it's because i like to control things, mm-hmm. you know, and, which is a double headed or double edged sword. Right. But recognizing that like, I'm, I'm a hundred percent not in charge. And here's an example of, you know, just the other day, a few weeks ago, you know, Ellery had a dirty diaper and it's like, I'm trying to change her diaper. And she won't let me change her diaper until I put a diaper on her little stuffed cow thing that we call Moo And, you know, she puts Moo on like the changing pad and she's pointing to the, the, the doll, like change the doll's diaper. And then I just take a step back and start thinking like, If I were asking or if I needed to be cleaned down there, right? And somebody is going to do me that favor. But no, I'm not going to let them do me that favor. I'm going to first demand that they do something else before they have the privilege of wiping my butt. (laughs) And it's just like, man, you're like, yeah, all right. Yes, ma'am. Do what you say.
0: (laughs) No, it's also really funny because you bring up a point, especially like, you know, for people that like, you know, run teams or run businesses, it's like trying to apply the same skills that make you successful in business do not apply in parenting at all. <laughs> it actually like completely backfires. Yeah. It's like the funniest thing yeah, ever. It's different. Yeah. It's like so different. It's so <laughs> funny. That's great. And the last question I have for you, Jeremy, is what's your all time favorite business book?
1: Yeah. That's, that's a tough one too. There's so many good ones out there, but one that, Always just like rings a little bell in my mind. There's a book that, I mean, it's probably been almost 20 years, definitely over 15 years since I read it. It was probably one of the first business books that I read was good to great by Jim Collins, Mm. James Collins that I read in, uh, in college. And I think that book just like opened up the like human side of business that I didn't see before that of, Oh, you can be successful in business, by being a good human being and not being like a douchebag worried about profits and profits only. And, and I think that was just like my, whether it was right or wrong, right? It was my preconceived notion of the business world was, well, if you're going to be in business, you have to like wear sharp suits and be like hardcore. And reading that book just made me realize like, oh no, you can be like a genuinely nice person who's trying to encourage people and trying to build something bigger than yourself or be part of something bigger than yourself. So I think that book is definitely one that you know rings a bell a lot for me. I need to go back and reread it. Yeah,
0: now you're making me want to reread it. I I love that book as well. And <laughs> I have that one on my shelf, so that's really great. Thanks for sharing, nice. Jeremy. Thanks. This is this is awesome, man. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, out of your travels and your journey here to to talk to me about parenting and, and work and how you're navigating it all.
1: Yeah, man. This is this has been cool. Can I put a question back of to course. you? Of course. So you know, I I know you've interviewed a, a handful of people so far. Like, what? are you seeing a common theme or what's some big nugget that you've taken away that you're like, yeah, Jeremy could benefit from knowing this.
0: Yeah. I've interviewed 12 (laughs) people so far, 11, 11, 12 people so far. Yeah. And so I don't know if necessarily anyone said anything the same. It's kind of interesting that like, there's such a wide variety of raising uh, ways of raising parents, right? I'm sorry, raising kids. Sorry. There's no (laughs) real like one trick pony for parenting. And, it, and, it, and I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned is that like everyone does it the best way that they can and does it the way that they think is best for them. And what I've noticed about people that are navigating successful careers and doing it, though, are viscerally aware, though, like they're viscerally aware of like the decisions that they're making. So that's the one thing that I have seen is like the people that are still growing their career and still actively trying to be a good parent are like aware when they're sacrificing this versus that. And that's been kind of unique to see. Yeah, okay. they're, they're like very conscious about the decisions of what they make and the impacts of it. The second thing that I've noticed yeah. as well is that there's just a huge lack of judgment. There's this kind of like, like deeper like empathy that comes from you know understanding that like this is going to be hard to, to to you know grow your career and in your case you know build a thirty acre glamping park while caravanning across the country <laughs> while trying to ra- you know being a good dad and raising your kid. I think there's, there's like this sense of awareness that, you know, this is hard and, you know, just to have empathy and understanding for life and people. And I think that's, those are the two things that I've been able to pull from the 12 interviews yeah. that I've done so far. Hope that helps.
1: I like that. Yeah, those are great. I will keep those in my back pocket for sure. <laughs> Even if
0: this isn't successful, I'm, no, I'm not going to stop. I, I'm like loving this, this project. This is like this this project is like taking a life of its own and I can already see like in 5 years like you know this cuz I've talked to you privately but my goal is to be in real estate 5 years from now. I want to be like you. I want to be like full-time real estate. <laughs> but now I've like deviated from that. Now I want to be like 75% real estate and 25% podcast cuz whether this is successful or not I'm having so much fun just talking yeah. to people, you know, trying to navigate, you know, a, a successful career and that are also parents. It's it's like I don't know why it's so fun for me, but it's just been incredibly fun. So I'm not going to stop and I'll keep learning. And as we continue our relationship, I'll share more insights with you as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think this is a great project and I'm, I can't wait till you start putting them out there so I can absorb all the information.
0: That sounds good, brother. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time and I will talk to you soon. Okay.
1: Thanks, Young. Talk to you soon. Bye, Jeremy.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Girl Dad Show. We really hope you enjoyed that interview. And as always, please take a moment to review, rate, and subscribe. We'll see you next time.